It is Tuesday, the 20th of February, as we continue through this season of Lent. Let's begin in prayer in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Your word, O Lord, is spirit and life. For the word of creation, we praise you, O God. Teach us to respect all that your word has brought into being. For the word of salvation, we praise you, O God. Teach us to work for the salvation of all whom you will to save. For the word of life, We praise you, O God. Teach us to live according to your word. God, our Father, you have spoken into the chaos of sin, the one all-powerful word of salvation, your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Teach us to put our faith in the constancy of your word and not in the multiplication of our own words. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. A better way to start a Tuesday, the Sunrise Morning Show, here on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Matt Swaim. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. Travis has a video feed up and running. You can check it out in the show notes at sunrisemorningshow.com. Up this hour, Father Boniface Hicks uh, has been going through some quotes uh, from the early church fathers and saints through history about prayer. Today we look at one from St. Ignatius of Antioch. Marlon De La Torre will talk about confronting our sins during Lent. We will talk more about self-denial with St. Vincent Pallotti. Uh Actually, uh, Vincent Pallotti not available for the show today, but Father Frank Donio happens to be a member of the order that St. Vincent founded. So we'll talk to Father Donio about that. And then Joseph Pierce uh, has some thoughts on reading the Bible literarily during Lent. Now, we know that some Christians take the Bible, quote-unquote, literally, uh, but to take it Literarily is to take it uh, in some ways much more serious than that. So, hope you can stay with us. Right now, it is two minutes past. Here's Anna Mitchell with news. Good morning. President Biden says he's considering more sanctions against Moscow after the death of opposition leader Alexei Navalny. The high profile vocal critic of Vladimir Putin died in prison last week. Biden told reporters he would be willing to enact additional sanctions on top of those already levied after Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley will give a speech on the state of the presidential race. Brian Shook reports. She's set to deliver the remarks in Greenville, South Carolina, at noon Eastern. The speech comes just days before the former South Carolina governor is set to go head-to-head with former President Trump in her home state's GOP primary. No further details have been provided about Haley's speech. Polls show Trump holds a wide lead over Haley in South Carolina ahead of Saturday's primary. I'm Brian Shook. The New York Times is standing by a story that the Trump campaign has called fake news that the former president would support a national 16-week abortion ban. A Times spokesperson told the Catholic News Agency that the the campaign did not claim that any information in the story was inaccurate. The campaign released a statement calling it a fake news New York Times article saying the former president has stated in the past that he would, quote, sit down with both sides and negotiate a deal that everyone would be happy with, end quote. 
Southern California is in for more possible flooding. Large sections of Los Angeles County are under a flood watch through tomorrow. The storm is expected to target the L.A. Basin today, prompting warnings of potential mudslides. Catholics in the Democratic Republic of Congo have been asked to pray for peace in the eastern part of their country, which has seen a rise in insurgency. From Vatican Radio, Devin Watkins reports. Around 6 million civilians have lost their lives over the past 30 years in an unending cycle of violence at the hands of rebel and terrorist groups. In response to the unrest, every Mass in the DRC will conclude with a prayer for peace. The initiative is spearheaded by the National Episcopal Conference of the Congo. Cardinal Fridolin Ambongo, the Archbishop of Kinshasa, will also celebrate Mass this Saturday in the capital's cathedral to pray for peace and tranquility in the Great Lakes region. The area around Goma, the capital of North Kivu province, has seen a deadly spike in conflict between armed groups, including the March 23rd movement, or M23. Following the M23 war, the city of Goma has become excessively militarized with the presence of armed groups, according to the city's bishop, Willing Gumbi. This makes Goma a powder keg that could explode into a civil war at any moment if we are not careful. Goma, a city of nearly 2 million inhabitants, also hosts around 850,000 people displaced due to years of conflict. Over the past two years, many have sought refuge in seven camps set up by the Congolese government around the city. Bishop Ngumbi says the internally displaced persons have become hostages of the M23 war. As the city enters Lent, he says, Goma has been completely suffocated since the M23 troops advanced into the city of Sake, 30 kilometers west of Goma. Sake holds a strategic position and lies at the crossroads of three major economic routes. M23's advances in the area are endangering the flow of supplies. Now, warns Bishop Ngumbi, there is a real risk that famine will break out in Goma. He notes that M23 could close all supply routes, saying the move would leave people to die of hunger. We watch helplessly, said the Bishop of Goma, as a humanitarian disaster unfolds. I'm Devin Watkins. Capital One Financial is set to acquire Discover Financial Services in a massive deal. The acquisition is set for more than $35 billion all stock. Discover shareholders will get a little over one Capital One share for each Discover share with the deal expected to close in late 2024. Capital One reportedly plans to keep the Discover brand. And NASA is looking for volunteers to spend a year in a simulated Mars habitat. The plan is for four people to live inside a 1,700-square-foot simulation at NASA's Johnson Space Center in Houston. Those who end up inside will have to work to keep things running, grow crops, and work with robotics. The mission is set for spring 2025, and applications are due by April 2nd. To qualify, Matt, you must be a U.S. citizen or permanent resident, so check, between the ages of 30 and 55, you Mm -hmm. qualify, with at least a master's degree in engineering, math, or biology. Nope. Oh, sorry. Pilots nope. with more than 1,000 hours could also qualify. Okay. Is that you? They're welcome to it. Uh, you ever see the first episode of The Twilight Zone, Anna Mitchell? Probably. I don't you remember. Probably, you probably did. Yeah. It's Earl Holloman in black and white running through a deserted town yelling, Where is everybody? Where did everybody go? Oh, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, at the end, you realize that he's been part of this test to determine his, 
you know, whether he could be like an astronaut and live in live on the moon by himself. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, maybe man's not ready for this. Well, so don't put me in that tank. I don't want to be that? in an episode of a reboot of the Twilight. I was Zone. thinking, I was thinking more of the um, what was that Matt Damon movie? Oh, The, the Martian. Martian? Based I haven't on that seen book. that. Oh, it's a pretty good movie. I do have hydroponics in my house. I'm growing tomato plants. Neat. See? And if I could just figure out indoor beekeeping Ooh, in a residential environment, I'd have sounds... the whole thing set. I'd have Terrible. Mars in my living room. <laughs> Mars, neat. Anna Mitchell. Very neat, Matt. It ain't the kind of place <laughs> to raise your kids. It's cold. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Father Boniface Hicks, and he is the author of, among other things, A Personal Prayer, A Guide to Receiving the Father's Love. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Matt. Great to be with you. Yeah, I want to share this thought from St. Ignatius of Antioch. In the back of your book, you have all these quotes attributed to various saints about prayer, and uh, I would love for you to unpack this one a little bit, because it's just so vivid. Um, And this one, St. Ignatius says, My dear Jesus, my Savior, is so deeply written in my heart that I feel confident that if if my heart would be cut open and chopped to pieces, the name of Jesus would be found written on every piece. Uh, That's pretty intense. (laughs) St. Ignatius of Antioch was a pretty intense guy. (laughs) Just a little. uh, That comes through in in all of his writing. He's the the one that was ready to be... uh, chewed into fine wheat that could be baked into the the bread that would become the Eucharist as well. When he was on his way to Rome, to the Colosseum, to be eaten by lions, he's, uh, he's remarkable. Yeah, yeah I, I really love, it's really uh, one, of my, one of my favorite quotes, that, uh, it, it, because it's illustrating how, how deeply sometimes, you know, it seems like Christianity is just sort of layered on top of everything else. You know, I'm a uh, whatever, uh, an American, I'm a man, I am you know belong to this club, I have these degrees, I'm all these things, and I'm a Christian, you know, and it's kind of like layered on top, and it just seems as if you slice the top off, then the Christianity goes with it. But Ignatius of Antioch is really describing what happens when we become truly Christian, that every, you can, you can cut us any which way, and everywhere it, we, we bleed Christian, everywhere we find the name of Jesus. Everywhere, Christ is is all through us. It's not something that's added on. It's not something accidental that can be removed. But it is really part of the the substance of who we are, like a like a marble cake rather than like a layer cake. Mm. It's, uh, it's all through us, and yeah. and that's. I was just going to say, I had a history professor, uh, believe it or not, who made this point about how uh, the medieval mind operated and uh, sort of like a medieval cosmology that the world was shot through with God, uh, right? That, that, mm. you know, that every leaf mm-hmm. was glowing with the presence of God, every blade of grass, you know, every wind was, you know, stocked with the breath of God. And in the postmodern enlightened world, there's like, the world is like this ice cream cone, and you put a little bit of like religious sprinkles on top of it, <laughs> you know? And that's yep, kind of, yep. you know, this add-on at the end. Uh, but, you know, I, I mean, there's a number of reasons that that, that I think we've gotten to where we've gotten on this question, but, you know, I, I just find it so weird that, you know, you'll hear people, you know, who are famous for other things, like an athlete, and then they'll, 
get out you know at the end of a game and just say i just want to give glory to god for you know bringing me to where i am today and they're like yeah well that's extra right I mean, that's something extra right. off to the side you know this doesn't actually mean anything to this this game when in fact to that athlete that's like the whole reason that they're there <laughs> right but it gets treated like sprinkles yeah that's right yeah it's uh and I don't know, I suppose for, for some of them, it could be something like that. You know, uh, I do it all on my own. And then at the end of the day, I say, thanks be to God. Um, <laughs> but, you know, to really know that God is in every play, that God is in every tackle, that God is in every throw, that God is in, you know, uh, every every interaction. And because uh, otherwise, uh, again, that's we we sort of cheat our way to the finish and then we say glory to God. Uh, but if he is in everything, then we can't ever leave him behind. And I really love uh, when they were beginning the Synod for the New Evangelization, Pope Benedict gave a, a little lexio on the mid-morning hymn uh, as they prayed mid-morning prayer together as, as Synod Fathers. But he just talked about how the, for the Christian, uh, the, the Christian cannot... Well, for, for the Christian, the name of Jesus becomes more important than breathing, that Christ is more essential to us than our breath. We have a sense of, of uh, breath, oxygen, going all through us. Jesus goes through us even more. And to, to be told, all you have to do, that's like the movie Silence, you know, it's like all you have to do is just renounce Jesus, you know, just step on this thing, just leave that thing behind. You can keep living and then you could take it up later. It's like, no, not, no more than I could just stop breathing for three days and then just start breathing later. I can't give up the name of Jesus for any moment of my life. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a powerful thought, too. I mean, uh, here we are in Lent, right? And this is an opportunity to reevaluate that uh, and, and whether we're doing that, right? Yeah, that's right. Is, is, are these Lenten practices just uh, kind of layered on top, you know, just little extra sprinkles, like you said, on the ice cream cone, or, or do they really run all through us? Is it, is it an expression of the very depths of us that is the name of Jesus, which is written on, on every individual piece of my heart? And, and the reality is, as I integrate these practices that really become, uh, that, that are so integral to my life, then, uh, then the name of Jesus, you know, you don't just suddenly get from nothing to Jesus is every uh, on every cell in my body. That's a steady process of integration over time, and it's through things like Lenten penances that that, that happens. Yeah, well, this is a great way for us to kind of get into perspective on how are we treating prayer, fasting, and almsgiving? Are they just something added on, <laughs> you know, or are they really getting down into us and making us, uh, you know, have the name of Jesus be uh, like breathing, like more important than breathing to us. Father Boniface Hicks, we've got your book, Personal Prayer, linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. I mean, just for the compilation of quotes from the saints at the end of the book, it's worth taking a look at. Father, thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Thank you too, Matt. All right, let's check on weather for the nation since it's uh, been kind of a bit of a weird few days. Rain, flash flooding, thunderstorms, and snow once again in the western third of the country. The threat of flash flooding uh, remains a concern for lower elevations in California, while heavy snow piles on in the Sierra Nevada. This should be calming down by nightfall. Elsewhere, rain falls along the rest of the west coast with a mix of rain and snow scattered across the mountain west throughout the day. The rest of the nation should have calm 
sunny conditions. But please do pray for those affected in the western part of the United States with rain and snow and flooding. 16 past, we've got headlines coming up next. Support is from MediShare. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that is MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for healthcare can save many families up to 500 bucks a month, and that is huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The member satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, really, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with. You can call right now. You'll get a price within two minutes. So see what you can say. This is a very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. Call 877-64-BIBLE. That's 877-64-BIBLE. 877-64-BIBLE. Have you subscribed to get the Sunrise Morning Show show notes? When you subscribe, the show notes arrive in your inbox weekday mornings with the list of featured guests, books, articles, and websites we'll discuss. And then you'll also get the podcast with markers to quickly find and hear an interview again or to see the Sunrise Morning Show on video. So to know when your favorite guests are on, go to sunrisemorningshow.com and click subscribe. Bible in a Year with me, Father Mike Schmitz, is now available right here on Catholic Radio. Encounter God's voice and learn how to live life through the lens of Scripture with a new episode every day. I hope you'll join me as we discover how the story of salvation unfolds and how we fit into that story today. Bible in a Year and Catechism in a Year with Father Mike Schmitz, tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on EWTN Radio. 18 past, here's Anna with headlines. President Biden says he's considering more sanctions against Moscow after the death of opposition leader Alexei Navalny. Pope Francis over the weekend established new study groups to explore themes that came out of the first session of the Synod on Synodality. And the New York Times says they are standing by a story that the Trump campaign has called fake news that the former president would support a national 16-week abortion ban. Next newscast coming up at half past the hour. Anna Mitchell and the EWTN Religious Catalog at EWTNRC.com. They've uh, got a book called New Scientific Evidence for the Existence of God by Jose Carlos Gonzalez Hurtado. It's uh, a lot of stuff related to the Christian intellectual tradition and uh, the scientific method and how we can look at the world and deduce that it didn't just get here by, by itself, chance? <laughs> by, by pure chance. Uh, again, EWTNRC.com, new scientific evidence for the existence of God. Um, so I know there's part of history in the book to here too, because part of the paradigm shift here goes back to something that Father Boniface and I were talking about. Mm-hmm. And that is that in our common parlance by science, a lot of people just mean math and chemistry. Mm-hmm. But it turns out that many of those pioneers in math and chemistry were monks and priests. Imagine that. Whose belief yeah. in an ordered universe uh, and that they could trust their senses led them to explore this handiwork of God. So different kind of understanding of that word science. Um, yeah. 
But even if you know the science and can find the empirical deductions, there's still more to do. And I can't help but think of a recent Journey Home guest we had, uh, Mark Lozano, who was a very convinced new atheist. Uh, he was trying to refute his Catholic girlfriend, and he started reading people like Aquinas to like poke holes in Aquinas, and he realized he, he could not he do that. He couldn't do it. <laughs> um, so he became Aquinas intellectually— is quite thorough. Yeah, he thought that there was evidence, right, that the Catholic faith would was true. But it was actually quite a while after that that Mark finally got the nerve to pray. Wow. So the evidence is extremely crucial, but at the end of the day, faith is a gift. Amen so, to that. It's got to be all of the above. Amen to that. But yeah, I mean, the to have the starting point that God is real is... It's a pretty good starting point. Yeah, and then to receive after that. I mean, yeah. you receive the truth. Indeed. You discover the truth. You don't you make don't up the truth. It. Right. EWTNRC.com if you want to check out the book. Do Starting to think outside the box to find new customers. You can reach millions of engaged Catholic listeners by underwriting the Sunrise Morning Show. Each weekday morning, listeners across the U.S. and around the globe can hear your message for your business, ministry, or nonprofit on the Sunrise Morning Show. To find out how it works, email me, Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah at sacredheartradio.com. Have you subscribed to get the Sunrise Morning Show show notes? When you subscribe, the show notes arrive in your inbox weekday mornings with the list of featured guests, books, articles, and websites we'll discuss. And then you'll also get the podcast with markers to quickly find and hear an interview again or to see the Sunrise Morning Show on video. So to know when your favorite guests are on, Go to sunrisemorningshow.com and click subscribe. This is Deacon Bill Mullaney with a Lenten prayer. Father in heaven, forgive us for the times we have rejected your gifts and sought the pleasures of this world. You desire that we be servants to our brothers and sisters in need. Forgive us for the times we have turned our backs on them. You wish us to spread the gospel to those who have not heard it. Forgive us for the times we were too busy. You desire that we boldly profess our faith. Forgive us for the times we lacked the courage. You command us to follow your word. Forgive us, Lord, for the times we have failed to do so. Father, through prayer and fasting, may we be reminded of our human weakness. Through your great mercy and the sufferings of your Son, may we someday enter the kingdom you promise to those who are faithful to you. We pray this in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son. Amen. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. It is always great to catch up with Marlon De La Torre from Knowing is Doing, and you can find him in the Diocese of Columbus, and you can find his website linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Marlon, good morning. Good morning, Matt. Go Bucks. All right, so we are in the season of Lent, and Lent is a time for prayer and fasting and almsgiving, but they're not just prayer and fasting, almsgiving, like off mm -hmm. to the side, as we've been you're talking about quite a bit on the show. These are meant mm -hmm. to help us confront uh, not just the things that we're attached to, but our actual mm -hmm. sins. Like, how important yeah. is it for us to remember that these are supposed to be helping us not just purify, but also repent? 
I think there, there's a, we all want clarity, I think, hopefully, in our walk with our Lord. And so when we give something up, that, that's probably the first phase or stage. We recognize, all right, maybe if I give this something, give up something for Lent, whether it be a food or activity or some type of advice that you know needs to be redirected, uh, that's a great first step. But then I think there's, there's more to it than that by looking at the origin of why you do something you want to give up. Uh, what's, the, what's the cause of that sin or that behavior, the action? that needs to be addressed. And I think Lent obviously uh, puts that into focus. It puts it into, into a grander scheme of our relationship with our Lord and how we are to, to, to look at that action or the behavior, hopefully address it and recognize it, that, you know what, I, I, I this needs to be addressed and there, there's a focus here and I got to find out why I behave this way and, and what I need to do to remove myself from it and walk away from this sinful habit. So Lent really is is an opportunity to, to dwell and focus on, on the origins of, of our behaviors or why we commit certain sins or vices and how to walk away from them and redirect them towards the grace of our Lord. Yeah, I think that uh, we fall into a couple of different camps on the question of sin. One, sure. we are the, either treat it like ah, it's not a big deal, I messed up. Yep. We move on. We we uh, we we do our life and uh, and we just kind of push that that sin off to the side and and, and just keep on living because I'm basically a good person. Uh, but the other way to go with it is to just completely obsess over what a horrible human being we are, right? Because yeah. <laughs> the, the devil does a bait and switch on us. He tells us that it's not a big deal. Until we commit the sin, and then he tells us, you're a horrible person, and God could never love you after what you've done, right? Because mm-hmm. it's a trap. It's a loop, and we got to get out of that. Absolutely, because in both situations, we're looking at the dignity of the human person. So on one end, um, do you value yourself enough to try to change? If you think you're all right, all right, fine. But you're still uh, really not addressing your, your own dignity, creating the image like the God. And on the flip side, when you, when you see the devil try to work you over, so to speak, and make you think that you're just worthless, and again, it attacks your dignity. And I think that both are, are very important to address because ultimately, you and I, every all of our listeners, have this beautiful gift of grace, this gift of identity that God gave us. And he wants us to continue to strengthen that identity because the, the, the aim is heaven. I think the, the aim is really our progression towards this life with our Lord and the well, the grace that awaits us as we prepare for him. And, and there, there's a distinction there, whether you you downplay your role as, as a child of God or whether you're, you're fretting over a, a simple little thing that causes you grief. Both really are to be redirected towards this this aim. And if sanctification is is the name of the game in Lent and our, pray, our prayer and our purpose in prayer is to really seek him and know him, then that's our first step to address in a calm, loving manner, prayerfully, all right, Lord, what do I need and what do you want of me and how can I change to love you more? Yeah, and remember that this whole Lent is actually, we're counting backwards from an event, right? We're counting backwards from the passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And I want to just read something and get your take on it because in the Catechism Mm. of the Catholic Church, and this is uh, in paragraphs, it starts around 1849, but it's under a a section called the definition of sin. And it says this about the passion of Christ. And I've just always found this so powerful. Uh, It says, it's precisely in the passion when the mercy of Christ is about to vanquish it, that sin most clearly manifests is violence and its many forms, Mm. unbelief, murderous hatred, shunning and mockery by the leaders and the people, Pilate's cowardice, the cruelty of the soldiers, Judas's betrayal so bitter to Jesus, Peter's denial, the flight of the disciples. However, at the very hour of darkness, the hour of the prince of this world, 
the sacrifice of Christ secretly becomes the source from which the forgiveness of our sins will pour forth inexhaustibly. So sin's basically biggest heyday is it's also kind of dying breath, <laughs> you know, because Christ defeats it when it is at its fullest display. Correct, because what you see is the panorama of everything, all the calamities of man uh, instituted by the devil himself and allowed to. And you see that this is your final resting place or your final uh, perverted kingdom that will be destroyed by the king himself. And and really, when you look at the preface of of how the catechism defines sin as an offense and then what the passion does, the passion takes ownership. The passion is finally revealed, uh, hopefully in man's eyes, that Regardless of the calamity that you're involved in of the sin, his death and resurrection will, will destroy all those things, and that there's nothing else that will be left standing other than the king himself. That That's the grace and the beauty that awaits us in Easter, is the fact that his resurrection absolutely vanquishes all that, and even more. And so what awaits is just a, a perfect symphony of grace, of music, of love, uh, that is him, that is Jesus Christ, Savior, Lord, and King. So, I mean, that's, that's just a very powerful article in the catechism yeah well it's one of many and you've got actually a whole bunch of uh references from the catechism and or from the late 300s through about the 400s those paragraphs are really heavily referenced in your article uh, which is called do not ignore the opportunity to confront your sins during lent marlon de la torre if people want to find your work how do they do so they can go and look it up at knowingisdoing.org or the catholic diocese of columbus sounds great have a have a great day marlon we'll talk to you soon you too, Matt. God bless. Go Bucks. Again, everything is linked at sunrisemorningshow.com, including show notes, where you can get links to our Facebook and YouTube live video streams. You can also get a flyer uh, that says switch to Catholic Radio for Lent that you can put up in your parish with your pastor's permission. You can print out business cards as well. Those are available for free download at sunrisemorningshow.com. Half past the hour, here's Anna Mitchell with news. Good morning. President Biden says he's considering more sanctions against Moscow after the death of opposition leader Alexei Navalny. The high-profile vocal critic of Vladimir Putin died in prison last week. Biden told reporters he would be willing to enact additional sanctions on top of those already levied after Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Meanwhile, the head of the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church is looking ahead to the second anniversary of the most recent Russian invasion of Ukraine on February 24th, and asserting that war crimes there must be condemned. Vatican News reports Archbishop Sviatoslav Shevchuk spoke recently to an Aid to the Church in Need conference. He said people in Ukraine are being killed because they are Ukrainians. But he went on to thank everyone who has supported the people of Ukraine, saying that no one in the country has died from humanitarian causes such as hunger or thirst. Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley is set to give a speech on the state of the presidential race. Brian Shook reports. She's set to deliver the remarks in Greenville, South Carolina at noon Eastern. The speech comes just days before the former South Carolina governor is set to go head to head with former President Trump in her home state's GOP primary. No further details have been provided about Haley's speech. Polls show Trump holds a wide lead over Haley in South Carolina ahead of Saturday's primary. I'm Brian Shook. The New York Times is standing by a story last week that the Trump campaign has called fake news. 
that the former president would support a national 16-week abortion ban. A spokesperson for The New York Times told the Catholic News Agency that the campaign has not claimed any information in the story was actually inaccurate. The campaign did release a statement calling it a fake news New York Times article, saying the former president has stated in the past that he would, quote, sit down with both sides and negotiate a deal that everyone would be happy with, end quote. Southern California is in for more possible flooding. Large sections of Los Angeles County are under a flood watch through tomorrow. The storm is expected to target the L.A. basin today, prompting warnings of potential mudslides. Pope Francis over the weekend established new study groups to explore themes that came out of the first session of the Synod on Synodality. From Vatican Radio, Devin Watkins reports. The General Secretariat of the Synod announced on Saturday that Pope Francis has set the dates for the second session of the 16th Ordinary General Assembly. It will take place from Wednesday, October 2nd to Sunday, October 27th. The session will continue the work of the Synod on Synodality and will be preceded by two days of spiritual retreat. Also on Saturday, Pope Francis released a chirograph establishing the creation of study groups to delve into some of the themes that emerged in the first Synod session. The study groups will be formed among the competent dicasteries of the Roman Curia and the General Secretariat of the Synod, which will coordinate them. The chirograph reiterates that the duties of the General Secretariat of the Synod include promoting the relationships between various bishops and local churches in a synodal spirit and in communion with the Bishop of Rome. The new papal document clarifies that some of the most significant themes that emerge from listening to the churches will require a substantial amount of time for theological, canonical, and pastoral reflection. However, the chirograph defines neither which study groups to establish nor which themes they will explore. The synthesis report approved by vote at the end of last October's session indicated several broad themes, such as the need to update some canonical norms, the formation of ordained ministers, relationships between bishops and religious orders, and theological and pastoral research on the diaconate. The study groups will assist the Church's reflection but will not directly constitute the material up for discussion at the next session of the Synod. The General Secretariat of the Synod, which is not part of the Roman Curia but reports directly to the Pope, will coordinate the work of the study groups among the Holy See's dicasteries. I'm Devin Watkins. Congress is on a two-week recess as the clock is ticking to fund the government. Lawmakers are not expected back on Capitol Hill until February 28th, two days before the March 1st deadline to fund certain government agencies. The remaining agencies must be funded by March 8th. That's the news. You're listening to the Sunrise Morning Show. It's 35 minutes past the hour. Business owners are starting to think outside the box to find new customers. You can reach millions of engaged Catholic listeners by underwriting the Sunrise Morning Show. Each weekday morning, listeners across the U.S. and around the globe can hear your message for your business, ministry, or nonprofit on the Sunrise Morning Show. To find out how it works, email me, Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah at sacredheartradio.com. Did you give up coffee or caffeine for Lent? 
Be sure to check out the tea and decaf offerings from the Mystic Monks of Wyoming. Find a link to Mystic Monk Coffee at sunrisemorningshow.com. When you make a purchase after clicking our link, we earn a commission to help support the show. The monks also have their seasonal favorite Pasca Java available for you to buy now in anticipation of your Easter Sunday feast. And why not add a Sunrise Morning Show mug to include in the Easter basket? Find those mugs and a Mystic Monk Coffee link at sonrisemorningshow.com. This is Every Day with St. Francis de Sales. There is no need to get upset if we find that we are not on equally friendly terms with everyone, provided we love our neighbor cordially, with real affection, as the Lord has commanded us, preferring the other person always and in everything above ourselves, according to the order of holy charity, and never refusing to do anything we can for him or her. We must be prepared to do everything for our neighbor except damn ourselves. For Sacred Heart Radio, I am Father Chris Armstrong. Joining us again on the Sunrise Morning Show is Father Frank Donio from the Catholic Apostolate Center. Good morning, Father Frank. Good morning, Anna. Happy Lent. Happy Lent to you. Yes, we are now embarking on this season together, and we're going to be spending Lent with St. Vincent Pilati, the founder of your order. And today we are going to be focusing on the theme of self-denial. What does St. Vincent have to say about that? Well, he says, I intend always to offer the Lord the negation of my will, united and offered together with that of the just, the saints, Mary, and Jesus. Wrapping up everything there at the the end. And I started with happy Lent. It may seem like, well, okay, Father, you know, happy Lent. Well, self-denial is not a bad thing. But also, Lent isn't a diet program. It's not just simply about how do I self-deny so as to have simply better overall wellness. Lent calls us to look at our will. This is what St. Vincent Pilati is saying. And he says it in a very powerful way, the negation of my will. Right. Talk about because, what negate means. And, and this this whole thing of, of that now, no, I, I'm. It's not my will. It's your will. And isn't that isn't that what the Lord said in the garden, mm-hmm. the Garden of Gethsemane, to the Father? And that, isn't that what we say in the Lord's Prayer? Yeah. Thy will be done. And yet we say that, and it's, oh, well, kind of Mm -hmm. at times. And really it's about, that's what prayer, fasting, almsgiving are meant to move us beyond our will and look more toward the will of God and how we can live that. Well, and you started, as you said, Happy Lent, 
um, when my will is negated and I unite my will with God so that my will is God's will, then I am going to be happy. It's true happiness. We, we seek all these other things because we, we get focused on Lenten self-denial. And, that, and, and so the gospel reading for, for Ash Wednesday, for example, is like, you know, wash your face. Yeah. Which seems kind of strange when we put the the ashes yeah, on right after that, yep. but but don't look glum, mm-hmm. don't look gloomy like the hypocrites. Just to make make sure, hey, you know, I'm I'm fasting, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. See me, and, and again, that that is that's not about living the will of of the Lord, and it's. St. Vincent says, I always intend to offer the Lord the negation of my will. Mm-hmm. It's an offering. It's a, it's, a, it's a free act on the part, because we, we're free to go the way we want to go. And we often do. It's called sin that goes away from the will of God. Well, you know, Father, even talking about this and and you know i'm right there with you absolutely but that doesn't make it any easier to deny myself right like this is hard but what i really love about this saint vincent quote that that you have shared with us is that he he talks about you know i'm offering the negation of my will united and offered together with that of all the just the saints mary and jesus we're not doing this alone no no and this is the beautiful thing isn't that the beautiful thing about catholicism yes is that we we do this united with 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 all that that there this is this is all done through the the community of faith both both here and in eternity and and so that that is how we are are connected. Saint Vincent often would be would make these invocations to the saints, and with the understanding that we we have powerful friends to assist us, but also on on this side of life. Notice what he said: the just, mm-hmm. the people who who are living their lives in in faith. And we we all know these people. These are people we encounter. But we need the community of faith, the church, to be able to... Isn't it interesting that Ash Wednesday is not a holy day of obligation, and yet usually huge crowds. Yep. There there is this, this desire... On the part of people to say, no, I, I, I need to, I, I need to refocus here. I need to align myself, and I need to do that connected to the church. Mm-hmm. I, I can't just necessarily do that on my own. Yeah. Well, that's for sure. I mean, if my social media feed on Mardi Gras Shrove Tuesday is any indicator, I couldn't believe how many ads I had on all of my social media platforms of all of the resources that are out there to help us in doing this, in 
offering the negation of our will so that we can then be united to God. I mean, the end of this, it sounds so funny that, you know, the way that he ordered this, you know, with that of all the just, the saints, Mary and Jesus. But Jesus is the end. That is that is. is our end. Yes. And and the one who gives us the grace to be even, even able to do any of this. Absolutely. And that's, that is, I think, the, the key aspect of, you know, when we, we say repent and believe in the gospel uh, and, you know, to, you are dust and to dust you shall return. The, these, this means that, that we're, our life is not just simply focused on the here and now. It's focused on, on the Lord and living for Him, and our eternity, but that does have ramifications for now. And so, what is the Lord's will for us now, and how we're called to live here in this life, which will have an effect on what our eternity is? Well, so grateful to have you journeying with us, Father Frank, along with St. Vincent Pilati, who you're bringing along with us. And uh, I know I mentioned resources. The Catholic Apostolate Center has many great resources for Lent. Where can listeners find them? It's one of the most popular sections of our website. Just go to catholicapostolatecenter.org, and right on that homepage, just click on Lenten Resources. And you can find that linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Father Frank, thank you. Thank you, and God bless. Thank you, Father. Really appreciate it. God bless you as well. Coming up next on the Sunrise Morning Show, we're going to take another dive into some Lenten thought. Uh, We're going to dive into the Bible, but we're going to dive into it from a literary perspective. Joseph Pierce joins us next. It's Quarter Till. Support is from Solidarity HealthShare. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things that violate your beliefs? Have you ever felt there has to be a better way, but didn't know you had any options? If you answered yes, I've got some good news for you. There is a better way and a more affordable way. Solidarity HealthShare can save you hundreds of dollars each month while actually supporting your beliefs. Because the best news is that Solidarity HealthShare costs a whole lot less than insurance. It's time to jump in and put your money where your faith is and put some money back into your wallet at the same time. Join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based healthcare sharing community. Prices start as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save, 844-334-3245. That's 844-334-3245. Solidarity HealthShare, 844-334-3245. Giving up coffee for Lent? Look no further than the Mystic Monks for a great selection of their Mystica tea to get you through the season. And when you shop their site for tea or coffee, after clicking the Mystic Monk link at sunrisemorningshow.com, you earn us a commission. While you're at our site, check out our online store where you can purchase Sunrise Morning Show mugs and travel mugs. Find our mugs and link to Mystic Monk coffee and tea at sonrisemorningshow.com. That's sunrisemorningshow.com. The Inspired by Faith podcast features Emily and Michelle of the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference, interviewing inspirational Catholic leaders to refresh your soul and strengthen your faith. A production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. You can hear Inspired by Faith as well as faith-filled podcasts from our friends and affiliates around the world, all in one place. 
all free at EWTN Podcast Central. Visit EWTN.com slash radio and click Podcast Central today. Hi, this is Janet Williams. Please join us for Women of Grace today at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on EWTN Radio. Wipe that sleep out of your eyes and now back to the Sunrise Morning Show. Thank you, Johnette. 12 till, here's Anna with headlines. President Biden says he's considering more sanctions against Moscow after the death of opposition leader Alexei Navalny. Pope Francis, over the weekend, formed new study groups to explore themes that came out of the first session of the Synod on Synodality. And Catholics in the Democratic Republic of Congo have been asked to pray for peace, especially in the eastern part of their country. Next newscast coming up in about 14-ish minutes from now as the Sunrise Morning Show continues here on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. It's 12 till. Back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Joseph Pierce, visiting professor of literature at Ave Maria University and a visiting fellow of Thomas More College of Liberal, Liberal Arts. He's editor of the St. Austin Review, and you can join his inner sanctum, support his work, and get lots of special content from him at jpierce.co. Joseph, welcome back. It's good to be back. It is good to have you. And we're going to be starting a series of uh, conversations, segments for the next few weeks on Lent and literature, focusing in on the insights that we can gain from great works of literature for our Lenten journey. And we're kicking it off today by talking about the Bible. The Bible counts as literature, Joseph? Well, if we want to listen to some of the greatest minds in the Catholic Church, such as St. Thomas Aquinas and St. Augustine, the answer is yes, because we are told by them that we have to read the Bible not merely literally, but literarily. In actual fact, if we only read it literally, we're not reading it at all. So yes, we do have to learn to read the Bible literarily, in other words, as literature, if we're going to understand what it says. Yeah, there's a lot of... uh shall we say, literary features that, that we can read in the Bible. Yes, I mean, St. Thomas Aquinas tells us that there are four distinct levels of meaning in the Bible, and only one of which is literal. The other three are allegorical. So, you know, the word allegory just means from the Greek allegorus, that which speaks of something else. So you have the literal word of, of, of Scripture, but that literal word of Scripture actually speaks beyond itself, and in various ways. So the, the first Above the literal level, St. Thomas Aquinas tells us that the first level beyond that is the allegorical level, and that's the, the, the way that we have to see the Old Testament as being in conversation mm-hmm. with the New Testament, and, and the New Testament as fulfilling the Old Testament. And then you have the moral level uh, of meanings, another allegorical level, where how does this that I'm reading uh, in the Bible relate to me as a person and my own personal life? That's the moral level. And then the anagogical level is how does all of this relate to eternity and especially my own destiny with respect to eternity, heaven and hell, ultimately. You don't happen to have an example in mind, do you, of uh, perhaps a a story in the Bible that we can read in these, uh, these four senses of Scripture? 
Well, I mean, certainly we could take uh, the, the story of Abraham and Isaac from the Old Testament, and we, we know from the great theologians of the Church that that is a prefiguring of the crucifixion, uh, the father laying down the life of his son. Um, of, of course, God delivers uh, Abraham from having to follow through with that, but he doesn't deliver himself from following through with the, with the life, death, and resurrection of, of, of Jesus Christ. And of course, then on the moral level, we are told by, by, by Christ that we have to take up our own cross, that we have to die to ourselves in order to live. So that's the moral level. And all of this relates ultimately to our eternal destiny. It's by laying down our lives uh, self-sacrificially, uh, taking up our cross, that we actually get access after our death to the resurrection and to eternal life of Jesus Christ in heaven. So they're, they're the four levels there in that nice. just that one episode from Abraham and Isaac. Yeah, that's awesome. And of course, all of Scripture points us to Christ, right? I mean, how many stories in the Old Testament, especially where we see a biblical typology, right, of, of Jesus, of, of the Blessed Mother even, and, and that's an important way to to have a better understanding of of what God's ultimate aim is for all of us, which is unity with Him. Uh, absolutely. The, 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 the point is, as you, as you rightly say, that we are meant to see in the Old Testament uh, prefigurings of the New, and we're meant to see in characters in the Old Testament types of Christ, so, so prefigurings of Christ, Christ figures, if you like, and also, yes, uh, uh, prefigurings of the Blessed Virgin, the role of the Mother of God. We, we, see, we, we see this in, in the Old Testament because the purpose of the Old Testament ultimately is to prepare us for the coming of Christ and for the Gospel. Yeah, and so um, you mentioned Christ figures, which show up all over the place in literature. Can you give us a little preview, Joseph, of the weeks ahead and, and what you would like to cover in Lent and literature, looking add, you know, more obvious forms of literature if people aren't thinking of Scripture as, as a literary, uh, you know, excursion? Yeah, so you know, having established the, the, the literary principle that we see even in Scripture, I'd like to talk about how that plays itself out in some of the great works of literature. So we'll be discussing throughout the Lenten season great works of literature such as Dante's Divine Comedy, uh, Hamlet and King Lear, a wonderful poem by the Jesuit martyr and saint St. John Robert Suttle upon the image of death, which is very appropriate for the Lenten season. Then we'll, then we'll move into the 20th century and look at uh, Lent and T.S. Eliot and Lent and Evening War and Lent and Tolkien. At least that's the plan, if all goes to plan. Nice. Well, I hope all does go to plan because that sounds like some awesome conversations that we get to look forward to with you, Joseph. In the meantime, we've got jpierce.co linked at sunrisemorningshow.com, where I'm sure, Joseph, you've written about all of these things. Am I right? Uh, of course, if people want to go deeper into what I'm doing, just go to my website, jps.co, and all will be revealed. All will be revealed. Go join that inner sanctum. Joseph, it was good to talk to you. Thank you. My pleasure is always, Anna. God bless you. You too, Joseph. Thank you. You know, Matt, I was just thinking about it, what Joseph's talking about with reading scripture on all these different levels, you know? Like, this past Sunday, we had uh, the story of the covenant of God and with Noah right after the 40 days of the flood this upcoming weekend i was just looking ahead um is the story of abraham and isaac 
on Mount Moriah, which again is another one of those like types of Christ, types of the crucifixion that we can, you know, read on a very different level when, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, this goes back. This has been a theme this whole hour um, of trying to pit story against science, uh, truth against fact, when mm-hmm. in reality, you've got God at the heart of all of it. And, you know, I'm I'm sure that, that Joseph has made this argument uh, before in more sort of clear and clever ways than I have. But, you know, in the medieval mind, um, you you might have like in the Boethian vision that like you know what is it that compels a stone to fall to the earth when you release it from your hand and the medievals might say well it is love that compels the stone <laughs> to move from your hand to the earth and then along comes Isaac Newton and says well actually there's this mathematical thing this physics deal called gravity that causes the stone to move to the ground and at the end of the day the church says well yeah both and both and it's love and gravity love holds the universe in motion is not saying that is not the opposite of saying it's not contrary to the the scientific the universe is in motion because of physics and math right exactly god is a god of love and creation Mm -hmm. it's all it's all one thing indeed Heavy duty stuff. And we got another full hour of it coming up after the break. Stay with us if you can here on EWTN. It's three till. On this Tuesday, the 20th of February, let's begin together in prayer, using a prayer by St. Boniface, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Eternal God, the refuge and help of all your children, we praise you for all you have given us, for all you have done for us, for all that you are to us. In our weakness, you are strength. In our darkness, you are light. In our sorrow, you are comfort and peace. We cannot number your blessings. We cannot declare your love. For all your blessings, we bless you. May we live as in your presence and love the things that you love and serve you in our daily lives. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. It's a pretty good uh, way to sum up Lent, right? May we love the things that you love, right? This is uh, our prayer to God. Uh, That's part of why we fast, right? That's part of why we pray. It's part of why we give alms. May we love the people that you love. It's it's all part of a package. It's the Sunrise Morning Show on EWTN. Thanks for being along here on a Tuesday morning. I'm Matt Swaim. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. And up this hour, we have much of which to speak. Uh, We are going to kick things off by talking to Danielle Bean about how we shouldn't overthink our Lent uh, because, well, then you've made a simple liturgical season very complicated. But Danielle's got some thoughts. Father Rob Jack is along as well. We'll talk to Steve Ray. Uh, He is going to, this morning, discuss sacraments and stuff in the Bible. And then we will catch up with Chris McGregor. She'll talk about what St. Aelred has to say 
about forgiveness. Uh, it's from a selection from the Office of Readings coming up soon. Right now, though, it is two minutes past. News of service of Central Fabricators and centralfabricators.com. Here's Anna Mitchell. Good morning. The Biden administration is considering more sanctions against Moscow after the death of opposition leader Alexei Navalny. The high-profile vocal critic of Vladimir Putin died in prison last week. President Biden says he now would be willing to enact additional sanctions on top of those already levied after Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Meanwhile, the head of the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church is looking ahead to the second anniversary of the most recent Russian invasion of Ukraine, which will be February 24th, and asserting that war crimes must be condemned. Our Vatican News reports that Archbishop Sviatoslav Shevchuk spoke recently to an Aid to the Church in Need conference. He said people in Ukraine are being killed because they are Ukrainians. He went on to thank everyone who has supported the people, both financially and in solidarity, saying that no one in Ukraine has died from humanitarian causes like hunger or thirst. Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley will be giving a speech today on the state of the presidential race. Brian Shook reports. She's set to deliver the remarks in Greenville, South Carolina at noon Eastern. The speech comes just days before the former South Carolina governor is set to go head-to-head with former President Trump in her home state's GOP primary. No further details have been provided about Haley's speech. Polls show Trump holds a wide lead over Haley in South Carolina ahead of Saturday's primary. I'm Brian Shook. The New York Times says they stand by a story that the Trump campaign has called fake news that the former president would support a national 16-week abortion ban. A Times spokesperson talked to the Catholic News Agency asserting that the campaign has not claimed that any of the information in the story was inaccurate. The campaign did release a statement calling it a fake news New York Times article saying The former president has stated in the past that he would, quote, sit down with both sides and negotiate a deal that everyone would be happy with, end quote. Millions in California are feeling the effects of another atmospheric river. The state is still saturated from the last powerful storm system that swept in off the Pacific, which dumped record amounts of rain in the area. The Weather Prediction Center has issued an excessive rain outlook for most of California through today. In Los Angeles, the National Weather Service has posted an alert saying a flood watch is in effect across the region through tomorrow morning and warned of heavy rain, strong winds, rock slides on canyon roads, and debris flows in areas burned by wildfires. Catholics in the Democratic Republic of Congo have been asked to pray for peace in the eastern part of their country, which has seen a rise in insurgency. From Vatican Radio, Devin Watkins reports. Around six million civilians have lost their lives over the past 30 years in an unending cycle of violence at the hands of rebel and terrorist groups. In response to the unrest, every mass in the DRC will conclude with a prayer for peace. The initiative is spearheaded by the National Episcopal Conference of the Congo. Cardinal Fridolin Ambongo, the Archbishop of Kinshasa, will also celebrate Mass this Saturday in the capital's cathedral to pray for peace and tranquility in the Great Lakes region. The area around Goma, the capital of North Kivu province, has seen a deadly spike in conflict between armed groups, including the March 23rd movement or M23. 
Following the M23 war, the city of Goma has become excessively militarized with the presence of armed groups, according to the city's bishop, Willing Gumbi. This makes Goma a powder keg that could explode into a civil war at any moment if we are not careful. Goma, a city of nearly 2 million inhabitants, also hosts around 850,000 people displaced due to years of conflict. Over the past two years, many have sought refuge in seven camps set up by the Congolese government around the city. Bishop Ngumbi says the internally displaced persons have become hostages of the M23 war. As the city enters Lent, he says, Goma has been completely suffocated since the M23 troops advanced into the city of Sake, 30 kilometers west of Goma. Sake holds a strategic position and lies at the crossroads of three major economic routes. M23's advances in the area are endangering the flow of supplies. Now, warns Bishop Ngumbi, there is a real risk that famine will break out in Goma. He notes that M23 could close all supply routes, saying the move would leave people to die of hunger. We watch helplessly, said the Bishop of Goma, as a humanitarian disaster unfolds. I'm Devin Watkins. And Will Byron took home the checkered flag in the Daytona 500 following a bizarre ending. The driver of the number 24 car earned his first career win at Daytona Beach after the white flag came out during a late crash. NASCAR officials determined Byron was leading the pack when the caution flag waved, heading into the final lap. So congratulations to him. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. 24. Wasn't that Jeff Gordon's car um, back in the day? I don't know. I, I'd have to go back and look. Paul Lockman's giving me a thumbs up. Yeah, I'm looking at another 24 related to the Daytona 500 because Paul sent me a a picture of a food item that was available at the Daytona 500. Oh. Uh, an item called the pileup. Okay. Uh, this is a warm, soft pretzel stacked with crispy chicken tenders, fries, gooey cheese sauce, chili, and bacon for $24. Available at the Dayton, Daytona 500, but not available at your parish Whoa. this Friday, or it better Whew. not be. My Chicken tenders goodness. and chili and bacon. That's three meats. That's like the, what was the name of that Kentucky Fried Chicken Sandwich? Oh, the Double was- Down? Was that the, was that the name of it? The yeah, one the double that had down. the that was chicken, stuffed with cheese, and bacon. But the two buns were actually two chicken breasts, fried chicken breasts. Yeah, I actually you... drove out of the office one morning after the sunrise morning show to buy I one of those. I like remember. the one you debuted. Yeah, it's a rough afternoon. Not not something you wanted for Lent. That's no. for sure. That is not penitential, folks. No, it was not. I don't think it was Lent either. Well, no, you wouldn't have done that during. I wouldn't Lent. have done that during. No, Lent. you would have waited till Easter. Today is Tuesday, February the 20th. It is the feast of uh, St. Jacinta Marteau, one of the uh, visionaries at Fatima. Pray for us. It's nine past. Danielle Bean (laughs) joining us now on the Sunrise Morning Show. You can connect with her through daniellebean.com where you can invite her to speak or lead a retreat, listen to her girlfriend's podcast. You can subscribe to get some special content, including special Lenten reflections throughout the season. Danielle, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I am good. It's good to have you. And okay, so Lent is here. And honestly, Lent can be rather overwhelming just in general. But, uh, you know, in this age of Instagram and Pinterest, all Mm. the things being thrown at us that we must do 
to yeah. actually do Lent well. But yeah. I, I don't want to say that those things aren't helpful because they are. But sure. do you think that we can make things more complicated than they need to be? Mm, completely. I mean, we've got like 27,000 options, right? And they mm-hmm. all sound pretty good. Yeah. Right? And it's so easy to be like, oh, yeah, and I need to do that. And I need to do that. And next thing you know, you're overwhelmed and you're just going to toss it, right? Yeah. So uh, to encourage people to simplify, I say, you know, take in all those good things. Read them all. Think about them all. Pray about them all. It's fine. But then just really narrow it down. And a, a simple formula that I offered was to come up with three different commitments you're going to make this Lent. Do something less, do something more, and love someone better. Like, mm. if you can do those three things, I mean, of course, we've got the three tenets of Lent, and those should be incorporated in what you're doing. And they will be kind of naturally, because loving people and, you know, focusing on fasting and sacrifice and doing more it's all going to be incorporated in that. So the praying, the fasting, and the almsgiving will be in there. But I really like the focus of just simplifying it that way because it makes it feel pretty doable for me. And it gives me permission to say, oh, I already chose my something more. You know, that doesn't, you know, I don't need to think about that anymore. That's a great idea. File it away for next year, maybe. But I've already chosen that. Danielle, you're channeling the church fathers here. This is exactly how they talk about prayer, fasting, and almsgiving is to do something more, do something less, and to to love someone better is is almsgiving because the ultimate almsgiving is not, you know, handing over a, a few dollars to this or that organization mm-hmm. as good a cause as that may be. True almsgiving is is mercy, is forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's what truly costs us, right? I think yeah. it it's so important for us to think about that because yeah, okay, you can you can write a check, you can even write a sacrificial check, and that's very good, and people should do that during the Lenten season. But what really costs us is that giving of ourselves in forgiveness and mercy and loving our neighbor when it doesn't feel good, when you're not feeling it. I think that's a really hard thing. It really is. Now, when it comes to sacrificing, Danielle, doing something less, um, mm-hmm. that can be particularly difficult for... <laughs> For moms who want to do everything and don't know how to say no. True. Very true. And so this is a good practice, right? Like, what is the thing? What are the things that you're clinging to? And I think so many times, we we women, moms especially, will hold on to all of our many things because we're getting kind of caught up and distracted and pulled away by this notion that we can earn our worth, we can earn God's love with all the good stuff that we're going to accomplish. But you know, God doesn't tell us that we're worthy of his love. We aren't. <laughs> you know, none of us is, right? And we're not going to earn it. And so recognizing that, we can place ourselves at his mercy and realize we can let go of all of that stuff, the stuff that maybe we're tempted to be discerning our self-worth in. How many times do you find yourself, you know, feeling pretty good about what you've accomplished in a day or in a week or, in a, you know, in a season of your life that you know, that's not where we're meant to be discerning our self-worth. We're meant to be discerning our self-worth in relationship with God. And so doing something less just might be the ticket for figuring out how to do that during Lent. Yeah, and doing something less gives you time to do something more like, I don't know, prayer, silence, <laughs> time with God, time with your what? family even. 
<laughs> yes, yes. You know, in that recent podcast, I mentioned uh, Pope Francis, who encourages us to waste time with our families. And yeah. I think that's such a beautiful phrase to think about, wasting time, because there's part of us that just in a very visceral way is like, no, no, that's a bad idea. Like, I shouldn't waste time, right? But wasting time with your family, wasting time with God, like spending that time extravagantly on relationships is the most important thing we can do. Absolutely. That's how we join into and become more deeply uh, associated in it in our hearts, minds, and, and souls with the body of Christ. And starting right there with your family is it one of the things that, that has been my takeaway for, for what I need to be doing during Lent, Danielle, is um, mm-hmm. it goes back to Matt sharing a quote with me on the Feast of St. Francis de Sales, which I am absolutely paraphrasing this. He, he put it way more eloquently than this. But basically, you have all these high-minded ideas about holiness. Why don't you just take up the opportunity that's right in front of your face, that being <laughs> your family? Yeah. Right, exactly. And that's, that's God, God speaking to you through the people that he places in your life for you to love. That is God's will for you. Not all that complicated, and we sometimes make it more complicated than it needs to be, thinking that, it's, oh, it must be some higher calling or some big thing. And you know, sometimes we are called to big things, but not at the expense of what's right in front of your face, what mm-hmm. God is calling you to do, your most basic mission and vocation in life. Yeah, my reaction when uh, Matt read the quote was, you know, do you know how much time I spent thinking about, like, 50 different book ideas that I have, like, all these (laughs) books that I need to write when I should have been spending that time reading a book to my kids? Right. Um, and, And it was just this, wow, it was this aha moment that I... How many times do we have these aha moments, but um, that our family is Many right times there. when reading St. Francis to Sales, Oh, that's my for gosh. Sure. I like, tell you what, You need Danielle. a kick in the pants. That's I, what you need to read. I'm going to send you this uh, this quote from St. Francis to Sales. I'd love to, just a little request from Anna here, that I would love to uh, hear a girlfriend's podcast related to it someday in the future, Danielle. But, awesome. Uh, in the meantime, where can listeners uh, connect with you, listen to Girlfriends, or uh, subscribe to get that special Lent content? Um, go to daniellebean.com. Pretty much everything you need going to be right there, right in front of your face. Right in front of your face. <laughs> so you can find it linked to sunrisemorningshow.com. Danielle, thank you. Thank you. God bless you. You as well, Danielle. Thank you. All right. It's coming up on 17 past now on the Sunrise Morning Show. We're back with headlines right after this. Stay with us. Support for the Sunrise Morning Show is from Visiting Angels. Visiting Angels provides experienced, compassionate care to millions of aging adults nationwide by keeping them safe and healthy in the comfort of their own home. Whether it's a short break for caregivers or for long-term assistance, Visiting Angels provides hygiene, meals, light housework, companionship, and more. And services are available up to 24 hours per day. Visiting Angels, online at visitingangels.com. That's visitingangels.com. Franchise opportunities available. For more than 150 years, the Comboni missionaries have traveled to nearly every corner of the world. Founded by St. Daniel Comboni, we are an international Catholic organization dedicated to ministering the world's poorest and most abandoned people. Your donations make a huge impact and 95% are used to fund our many projects. Find out more at kombonimissionaries.org. That is kombonimissionaries.org.
If you're switching from coffee to tea for Lent, the Mystic Monks have got you covered with a dozen options from your usual Darjeeling and Earl Grey to more exotic flavors like lemongrass mint and blossoming jasmine. Whether you're buying tea or coffee, you can support the Sunrise Morning Show by earning us a commission on your purchase when you click the Mystic Monk link at sunrisemorningshow.com. While you're there, browse the Sunrise Morning Show mugs and etched travel mugs in our online store. Get a mug and link to Mystic Monk Coffee and tea at sonrisemorningshow.com. Church Pop takes a fresh and fun look at the news shaping our world, featuring engaging, inspiring, and informative Catholic social media content. Find it on Snapchat, Instagram, and on the web at churchpop.com. And you can get Church Pop emailed directly to your inbox. Visit EWTN.com and click subscribe. EWTN, the Global Catholic Network. Past, here's Anna Mitchell with headlines. The Biden administration is considering more sanctions against Moscow after the death of opposition leader Alexei Navalny. The head of the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church is looking ahead to the second anniversary of the most recent Russian invasion of Ukraine, which will be on February 24th. And Pope Francis over the weekend established new study groups to explore themes that came out of the first session of the Synod on Synodality. Anna Mitchell, uh, I was just going back over the way that we've been setting up shows these past couple days, the way that especially you've been intentional about helping to line things up. I hope people appreciate what we've been trying to do this Lent. So, yeah, we're talking to, you know, a lot of interesting guests who have interesting things to say. But in the past hour and a half, and moving ahead, we've talked about Ignatius of Antioch. Uh, we've talked about St. Vincent Pilati. Uh, we just talked a whole bunch about Francis de Sales. Mm-hmm. We're getting ready later this hour to talk about St. Aylred. Uh, I've got some stuff for you from a saint that I'm not going to reveal yet because it's part of our Name That Saint segment in our third hour. Yeah. But, like, what a cool thing to walk through Lent, not just with, like, cool, interesting things that people are making now, but to walk through it with the communion of saints who have Dude. been doing Lent for centuries and get some of their perspective. Well, of course, they're timeless, right? Yeah. I mean, I think about what we talked with Stephanie Mann yesterday about St. Thomas More. Yeah, another one we've been prayer, walking through Lent with. A prayer that he wrote in his breviary. And so the prayers that he was praying in the Tower of London are the same prayers that we pray today. We don't have in to the read this, the hours. Like, I, I was thinking the about this in context specifically about what Daniel was saying. We don't have to overthink we this. Don't we don't have to, have to invent it. something new. No. The church has got our back. Yeah. We can lean on that. It's 21 past. Subscribe to get the Sunrise Morning Show show notes. When you subscribe, the show notes arrive in your inbox weekday mornings with the list of featured guests, books, articles, and websites we'll discuss. And then you'll also get the podcast with markers to quickly find and hear an interview again or to see the Sunrise Morning Show on video. So to know when your favorite guests are on, Go to sunrisemorningshow.com and click subscribe. Business owners are starting to think outside the box to find new customers. You can reach millions of engaged Catholic listeners by underwriting the Sunrise Morning Show. Each weekday morning, listeners across the U.S. and around the globe can hear your message for your business, ministry, or nonprofit on the Sunrise Morning Show. To find out how it works, email me. 
Leah at SacredHeartRadio.com. That's Leah at SacredHeartRadio.com. Hello, this is Father Mark Watkins, pastor of St. Lawrence. Pray with me now the praises of Mary by St. Anthony of Padua. The praises of Mary. Oh, how wondrous is the dignity of the glorious Virgin. She merited to become the mother of him who is the strength and beauty of the angels and the grandeur of all the saints. Mary was the seat of our sanctification, that is to say, the dwelling place of the Son who sacrificed himself for us. And I shall glorify the place where my feet have stood. The feet of the Savior signify his human nature. The place where the feet of the Savior stood was the Blessed Virgin Mary, who gave him his human nature. Today the Lord glorifies that place, since he has exalted Mary above the choirs of the angels. That is to say, the Blessed Virgin, who was the dwelling of the Savior, has been assumed bodily into heaven. Amen. Father Rob Jack joining us now on the Sunrise Morning Show. He is host of Driving Home the Faith here on Sacred Heart Radio in Cincinnati. Good morning, Father Rob. Happy Lent, Anna. Happy Lent, yes. The season is upon us. Why is this a season that the church observes every year? Well, every year it gets, it gets to the point that the church knows we need to do this internal and external checkup. I mean, it's, there's all kinds of analogies. We use sometimes the scripture analogy of Jesus being in the desert, and you have to go out in the desert to hear what's going on and listen to the Lord, learn how to be quiet again. So that's an example of that. There's also the images, of course, of, of tending to your garden, of pulling out the weeds and mm-hmm. uh, preparing for the, you know, getting the garden to get ready to grow again. And to do that, you have to supply the grace and get rid of the bugs and all the stuff through sin and selfishness that come in. Oftentimes we think about musicians. I'm a musician, not a good one, but I'm a musician. And one of the things is, especially if you play anything with strings like a guitar, you'll find when you're in the midst of playing at between gigs, you're going to have to keep retuning those strings, won't you? Uh, I mean, the strings, they stretch, they give out, they get old, they break. And so this is a time for us If we believe that our whole point is to give praise to God in life, you got to be in tune. Mm. I love that. I didn't know you were a musician, Father Rob. What do you play? Oh, guitar, ukulele, that kind of fun stuff. Oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. A jack of many trades, a master of none. (laughs) Well, I'm going to have to get you uh, into a jam session with Will one of these days. But back to Lent. When we talk about tuning into God or retuning into God, why does the church prescribe prayer, fasting, and almsgiving? I mean, why sacrifice and generosity? Well, it's like anything else. You know, those, those strings are strings, but you have to have them in the right tension. Mm-hmm. And to do that, you know, as you're tuning, you've got to either tighten them up. There's some things in our life that have become a little bit loose, maybe our prayer or our almsgiving. There's some things that maybe are too tight, like, for instance, spending too much time on this thing or that, and we got to loosen those up so that, you see, you know, anything else, I, I've been playing so long, I had to use a tuning fork to tune the strings. Actually, though, yeah. what you do is you tune one string, and then you use the other string. Once you tune that one string, you tune string to string so that the whole instrument's in tune in itself. There's nothing worse than having 
you know, four tuning forks and you get it and you play a chord and you recognize, ah, this isn't working. And so our whole prayer life is one of getting our life back in tune through uh, sometimes, you know, if mortal, if we've been in mortal sin, we got to change those strings out yeah. and, you know, we'll break them. But oftentimes the big thing is for most of us is just constantly tuning because all the choices we make every day uh, for good or for bad, either, you know, it wears on us. And we, and as human beings, we have to go back and constantly discern, am I in tune? Because if you notice your, for instance, your prayer isn't working real well, or you notice you're real anxious, okay, that's a sign to me that your soul's out of tune. And so you got to start, you know, messing with the strings. What are those strings? Well, it could be my prayer life, it could be my behavior with us, it could be my language, mm-hmm. could be my use of social media, whatever those six strings are, you have to try to make sure that they all stay in tune. And this is the time of Lent. Because first thing, you can't, you can't, it's very hard to tune in a, in a loud room, okay? Unless you got the new electronic gizmos. If you just got a <laughs> tuning fork, if there's a room full of people, it's real hard to get the daggone thing to tune. Mm-hmm. So it's just it takes us, it takes time, it takes silence, and it takes a, a discerning ear that when you 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 have a sense when your life's in residence residence where those all six are playing together and there's a harmony that comes about. Mm-hmm. That harmony is to me is a holiness. Well, you know what? It's it takes such self-awareness, doesn't it, Father? I mean, which means that when we're thinking about the important things, trying to get in tune with God, we actually need to be paying attention and seeing, you know, I, I, I've i brought this up before on the show. Uh, a while back, I realized that I can tell when I haven't been to confession in a while, when I start eating too much. Yeah. And and when I realize that, when I start getting stomach aches because I've eaten too much, I realize that's, I don't know why, but it's my indicator that I haven't been to confession in a while and I need to get over there. That's right. That's right. I mean, our soul tells us when we're, when we're out of tune. It really does. Because, you know, like I said, when you play a strum, you, you think you're in tune, you play a strum and you hear a clunker of a note. Yep. And then you figure out which one it was. And for you... Oh, Lord, it's been, I haven't been to confession. Well, how do I know this? I'm eating too many of those poskies, mm-hmm. you know? So uh, let's, let's, let's start loosening those up and yeah. see, or tighten them up and then get, get back in that right resonance with it. Exactly. And we don't have time to get into it, but measure it toward charity because God is love. And if we're going to be in tune with the Lord, we need to be doing That's all of this. In That's the love note right there. Exactly. Amen. We've been talking to Father Rob Jack, and you can find Driving Home the Faith linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. He's on Sacred Heart Radio here in Cincinnati from 4 to 6 every afternoon, Eastern Time. Father, thank you so much. A blessed Lent to you. You as well. I was just thinking about tuning instruments, and, you know, my husband can do it by ear. Like, he... Like he hears, I I can't do that. I gotta have those little like I can't even use a tuning fork. I can't believe Father Rob uses a tuning fork. I have no idea how to use that. But thank God for those electronic things. What are they called? The Snark, the really good tuner, or at least it was like ten years ago. The last time I played guitar. Anyway.
You can find all of our guests linked at sonrisemorningshow.com. Get in tune with all of them. Half past the hour now on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's time for news. The widow of Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny says the Kremlin is hiding his body in an effort to cover up a murder. The vocal critic of President Vladimir Putin died last week in a Russian prison and his mother and lawyers have reportedly been denied access to his body. The widow, Yulia Navalny, accused authorities of waiting for traces of poison to leave his body. Navalny's spokeswoman said on social media his body will be released after another 14 days. She said his body will undergo some sort of chemical examination. And meanwhile, the Biden administration says they are considering more sanctions against Moscow after the death of the opposition leader. The head of the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church is looking ahead to the second anniversary of the most recent Russian invasion of Ukraine, which will be on February 24th and has asserted war crimes must be condemned. Vatican News reports Archbishop Sviatoslav Shevchuk was speaking recently to an aid to the church in need conference. He said people in Ukraine are being killed because they are Ukrainian. He went on to thank everyone who has supported the people with their solidarity, saying no one in Ukraine has died from humanitarian causes such as hunger or thirst. Millions in California are feeling the effects of another atmospheric river. Trey Thomas has more. Nearly all of California is under flood watch as another atmospheric river rolls in off the coast. Liz Crute says the state is still saturated from the last powerful storm system that swept in off the Pacific. Officials issuing evacuation warnings in parts of Southern California as another atmospheric river dumped up to an inch of rain an hour on the already soaked region. The Weather Prediction Center has issued an excessive rain outlook for most of California through Tuesday, and the National Weather Service has issued a flood watch across the region through Wednesday morning. I'm Trey Thomas. The New York Times is standing by a story from last week that the Trump campaign has called fake news that the former president would be supporting a national 16-week abortion ban. A Times spokesperson told the Catholic News Agency that the campaign did not claim that any information in the story was inaccurate, but the campaign did release a statement calling it a fake news New York Times article saying the former president has stated in the past that he would, quote, sit down with both sides and negotiate a deal that everyone would be happy with, end quote. Pope Francis over the weekend established new study groups to explore themes that came out of the first session of the Synod on Synodality. From Vatican Radio, Devin Watkins reports. The General Secretariat of the Synod announced on Saturday that Pope Francis has set the dates for the second session of the 16th Ordinary General Assembly. It will take place from Wednesday, October 2nd to Sunday, October 27th. The session will continue the work of the Synod on Synodality and will be preceded by two days of spiritual retreat. Also on Saturday, Pope Francis released a chirograph establishing the creation of study groups to delve into some of the themes that emerged in the first synod session. The study groups will be formed among the competent dicasteries of the Roman Curia and the General Secretariat of the Synod, which will coordinate them. The chirograph reiterates that the duties of the General Secretariat of the Synod include promoting the relationships between various bishops and local churches in a synodal spirit and in communion with the Bishop of Rome. 
The new papal document clarifies that some of the most significant themes that emerge from listening to the churches will require a substantial amount of time for theological, canonical, and pastoral reflection. However, the Kirograph defines neither which study groups to establish nor which themes they will explore. The synthesis report approved by vote at the end of last October's session indicated several broad themes, such as the need to update some canonical norms, the formation of ordained ministers, relationships between bishops and religious orders, and theological and pastoral research on the diaconate. The study groups will assist the Church's reflection but will not directly constitute the material up for discussion at the next session of the Synod. The General Secretariat of the Synod, which is not part of the Roman Curia but reports directly to the Pope, will coordinate the work of the study groups among the Holy See's dicasteries. I'm Devin Watkins. That's the news. You're listening to the Sunrise Morning Show. It's 35 minutes past the hour. The Sunrise Giving up coffee for Lent? Look no further than the Mystic Monks for a great selection of their Mystica tea to get you through the season. And when you shop their site for tea or coffee, after clicking the Mystic Monk link at sunrisemorningshow.com, you earn us a commission. While you're at our site, check out our online store where you can purchase Sunrise Morning Show mugs and travel mugs. Find our mugs and link to Mystic Monk Coffee and Tea at sonrisemorningshow.com. That's sunrisemorningshow.com. I'm Father Timothy Shear, and these are Biblical Impressions. If I asked you to identify someone named Zaphonat Panea, you'd probably be at a loss. Here's his story. He was deprived of his homeland while still a young man. He ended up marrying into an influential family in his new homeland. He and his wife were blessed with two sons. He was blessed in many other ways, too. Ultimately, he was in such a position as to help his entire family survive a devastating famine. By now you may have guessed who this mystery figure is. His more familiar name is Joseph, son of Jacob, Joseph who rose from deprivation to become the second most powerful figure in Egypt. Zaphonat Panea was the name Pharaoh gave him at the time he received his promotion in Egypt. But surely for all of us, Joseph is the name that we love. For Sacred Heart Radio, I'm Father Timothy Shear. Well, for a few years now, we've been doing a segment with Steve Ray on stuff in the Bible. And we're going to kind of take that to another level and actually talk about stuff in the Bible today and the sacraments and uh, how God works through, well, stuff. Steve's online at CatholicConvert.com. Steve, good morning. Good morning. That was very clever, Matt. I like that. Well, <laughs> let's talk about this because you and I come from evangelical backgrounds where we would have thought the use of stuff in uh, salvation would be preposterous, right? Everything happens in your brain and your heart. So (laughs) let's look back on the Old Testament and think about how God has kind of always used stuff, as it were. 
He and in the Old and the New Testament, he always used stuff. And what I mean by stuff is when God created the world, he made matter. He made physical things. And he said it is good. He didn't say it was bad. He said it's or it's necessary, but it's not going to be helpful. He said it's good. And what what happened for me, Matt, was when I realized Jesus put mud and spit on a man's eyes to heal him. I said right there, he's saying that you can use stuff in order for spiritual matter, for spiritual goods like sacraments. So, yeah, it, all through the Bible, God uses matter. He uses the physical creation. He uses oil, water, hands, wine, all of, and even mud and spit that he used for a man. So this, this is why I thought today would be fun. By the way, I put up a chart for everybody called uh, my sacraments chart I made, and it gives you all of the information about the seven sacraments. So if people just go to catholicconvert.com or Sacred Heart Radio, um, they can download this for free. And a lot of people have told me it's very helpful for RCIA and CCD and things. So it's, it's a free thing I'm giving everybody today. Yeah, it goes through a lot of the things that I mentioned to my RCIA people which is when I'm describing sacraments, I'm like, it's like a recipe. You got to have the ingredients and you got to have the instructions, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> so right, got, exactly. What's the, what's the, what are the ingredients and what are the instructions and who's the minister? Uh, but let's talk right. then, if the word sacrament is used by us in a specific Catholic context now, um, what would have been, have been used? I mean, this isn't a word that the church invented. It's just the, a word that the church applies to something that is a reality for us. So what's the original meaning of that word, sacrament? Right. Normally I ask how many times is this word found in the Bible? What sacrament is not found in the Bible, but the concept of it is, and the reality both is there. And just like the word Trinity is not in the Bible, but it's certainly there. So one of the diff one of the problems that we have is languages, because we're dealing oftentimes with Hebrew, English, Latin, and other languages, and Greek and so the word sacramentum is used. It means oath. And in, actually in the Old Testament, when God makes an oath with us, he sevens himself. Seven is a sacred number. It's the perfect number. Seven days the week, seven archangels, seven sacraments. Seven is a very special word. And so God makes an oath. That's what a sacrament is. It's an oath or a pledge that God makes with us. When you do this, I will do this. When you put water on or you go in the water and say these words, I will do this. It's an oath, a promise that he makes. So we're dealing with the Eastern Church, call it mysterion. It's that word mystery. For In the Latin, we call it the sacramentum or sacraments. But it's, a, it's exactly the word that God makes an oath with us. He fulfills a promise that he makes with us. Well, just like he fulfilled creation by resting on the seventh day. I mean, there are layers and layers and layers <laughs> to, to, to these things. You know, right. what, what I've found interesting is that uh, there are a lot of people who would say and think that they're being really holy and Christian by saying this, that, you know what? None of this world that we see around us matters, right? What really matters is only the spiritual things. And yet, going back to that story of creation, uh, it's pretty clear that when God made the material world, he was telling us something about himself, for one, but he was also saying at the end of each day, this is good. Yes, and at the very end, he said, this is very good. And and the very fact that God himself came down and took on matter himself. He, it says that in John that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That word dwelt means to he 
put up a tent. He actually took on a human body, which was like he lived within a tent, the human body. So if if matter was not good, he would not have come down and taken on matter himself and become a human body. And then to use all of these elements and tell us to use wine and water and bread and hands and all. And that's how he even used them himself with his miracles. So it is something that um, is very clearly scripture. And by the way, the word oath, which is very similar to sacrament, is 134 times used. So mm-hmm. really is very rich in scripture. And the Catholic Church has exploited in a good way, understood all of this and helped us to understand the sacraments. And by the way, the sacraments were determined. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, oh, um, and God created seven sacraments and here they are. But in in the catechism, it says that just like God chose the books that went in the new, I mean, the, the church, the church determined which books belonged in the New Testament because there's never a list of those either. The church determined which books were in the scriptures, so the church determined what the sacraments were. All right, so uh, I have a quote from the Catechism that I think really highlights this extremely well, but to set it up, uh, I want you to debunk something that Catholics say all the time, but don't realize they're saying just slightly wrong. So they might say something like, well, the Eucharist is not a symbol, right? Or baptism is not a symbol. Well, in fact, they are symbols, right? But we yes. have to understand what we mean by symbol. Right. They're, they're symbols, but they are symbols that affect what they symbolize. So in other words, water is a symbol of cleansing. It's a symbol of the inward cleansing and washing away of our sins. But not only is it a symbol, but even more powerfully, it is a symbol that does what it symbolizes. So while it's a symbol of cleansing, it actually does it. So this is what the sacraments, this is what's a powerful thing about the sacraments. So the Baptists, when I was a Baptist or an evangelical, I would have said that, well, when we baptize, it's just a symbol that we're cleaned inside. It's an outward statement. It doesn't do anything. When we eat uh, grape juice and crackers and call it communion, it's actually symbolizing something that Jesus died for us, but it doesn't do anything. Now, we as Catholics say, no, it's much more than that. It symbolizes the water, the bread and the wine, the laying out of hands, the oil. It represents the Holy Spirit, by the way. All of those things are symbols, but they do what they symbolize. So they're, it's a double whammy in a sense. Yeah, it's not, it's not a, to say it's not a symbol is incomplete. We have to say it's not just a symbol. Right. It's not just a symbol. It's so much more. And I'm so glad you brought up oil there at the end, because I think there's this passage in in the catechism that just drives this home so well about how we associate these these material things with spiritual realities and how in the church and the sacraments they perfect and actually enact those realities. So this is from catechism paragraph 1293 and 1294, and it's talking about confirmation. And uh, the catechism says anointing. is rich in meaning. Oil is a sign of abundance and joy. It cleanses as one puts oil on oneself after a bath. It makes somebody limber like an athlete who would oil themselves up, right? Oil is a sign of healing because it soothes bruises and wounds, and it makes the skin radiant with beauty, health, and strength. And the catechism goes on to say, anointing with oil has all these meanings in the sacramental life, (laughs) right? I mean, it's beautiful (laughs) when you think about it. That's right. I I just love being Catholic, Matt. It was the best kept secret in the world. And it's 30 years uh, in May. uh, In May 22nd, it'll be 30 years. Congratulations to you and Janet. Yeah, it's wonderful. And we came into the church. There were six of us, us and our four kids. Now there's 30 of us. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, on that night, you got anointed with oil, right? And uh, you were joyful, as the catechism says. Oh, yeah. uh, you felt sort of limber and free. You were healed right in that moment. And you were probably radiant with beauty, health, and strength on the physical yes. side. And yet it was also happening on the inside due to the power of the yes. sacrament of confirmation. Th um, that day we got water, yeah. we got oil, we got bread and wine, all of those symbols, but they were real and those sacraments changed our life. Yes, and you can, by the way, go to Steve's website, CatholicConvert.com. He's got that chart of the uh, ingredients, the instructions of the sacraments, biblical basis for them, and the ministers of them. It's actually a really handy chart, and it's all on one page. So CatholicConvert.com if you want to check that out. Steve, thank you as always. Have a great day. Thank you, Matt. God bless you. All right, it's 14 till. Chris McGregor joins us next. Support is from MediShare. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that is MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save many families up to 500 bucks a month, and that is huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The member satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, really, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with. You can call right now. You'll get a price within two minutes. So see what you can say. This is a very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. Call 877-64-BIBLE. That's 877-64-BIBLE. 877-64-BIBLE. Business owners are starting to think outside the box to find new customers. You can reach millions of engaged Catholic listeners by underwriting the Sunrise Morning Show. Each weekday morning, listeners across the U.S. and around the globe can hear your message for your business, ministry, or nonprofit on the Sunrise Morning Show. To find out how it works, email me, Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah at sacredheartradio.com. The most original and exclusive Catholic content is on EWTN Radio. One time somebody said to me, why don't you air these people? And I said, no, because I don't think they're Catholic. He says, by what right do you have to say that? I said, I own the network. <laughs> Mother Angelica Live Classics. Tonight, 8 Eastern on EWTN Television and Radio. Hi, this is Janet Williams. Please join us for Women of Grace today at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on EWTN Radio. Wipe that sleep out of your eyes and now back to the Sunrise Morning Show. 12 till, here's Anna with headlines. The Biden administration is considering more sanctions against Russia after the death of opposition leader Alexei Navalny. The head of the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church is thanking everyone who has supported the people of Ukraine ahead of the second anniversary of the most recent Russian invasion of the country. And Pope Francis over the weekend established new study groups to explore themes that came out of the first session of the Synod on Synodality. You can hear news at the top and bottom of each hour right here on the Sunrise Morning Show. 
Back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Chris McGregor from DiscerningHearts.com. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Anna. How are you doing today? I am doing great. And man, do we have a powerful reading to talk about this week from the Office of Readings for the Friday of the first week of Lent from St. Aylred of Riveau and a work called Mirror of Love. Are you familiar with this work of his? I am. He is such a wonderful writer, and he has so many wonderful works. He was born in 1110 in Northumberland. Mm -hmm. Doesn't that sound very British? Yes, Yes, it does. Sounds very cold. (laughs) Very Robin Robin Hood, very, you know, that type of thing. But uh, he was actually the abbot of Revelo Abbey in North Yorkshire. And probably one of the most influential monasteries in England. And he's really known for his his works on spirituality, friendship, relationship. Is it just in this particular letter, wow, challenging, especially in relationship. Oh my gosh. Yeah. This selection all focused on the forgiveness of Christ and how we must go and do likewise. It's really difficult to really enter in deeply into Lent, especially if you're meditating on the passion of Christ and that stations of the cross to imitate him in this action in our lives. To, If you're going to perfect your love like Christ to be him, you have to forgive. And that, you know, it's it's one thing to forgive a child that breaks a wall sconce like my son did with a football the other day. Oh, man. But but, uh, it's another thing to forgive someone who has really hurt you. And that's the challenge, isn't it? It is. He says, who could listen to that wonderful prayer? Talking about the prayer of Jesus from the cross, forgive them. It says, Who could listen to that wonderful prayer so full of warmth, of love, of unshakable serenity? Father, forgive them and hesitate to embrace his enemies with overflowing love. Well, you know what? I hesitate to embrace my enemies with overflowing love all the time. But one thing that Aylred is telling us here and one thing that we hear from the church fathers so often from all of the saints, you know, we can have prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, all we want during Lent, they mean nothing if we are unwilling to extend mercy to our enemies. Boy, you got that right. And the, the thing is, if we look at definitions, right? What's to forgive? Forgive and to love, actually, and I've, I've come to find over the years, it's an act of the will. Mm-hmm. It's not something that just arises from the in inner parts of my heart and I have the warm fuzzies. Yes, there's that element too, but to really truly love is an act of your will. And to forgive, and what is forgiveness? Forgiveness at its bare bones, I've come to learn, is to accept that it happened. I accept that it happened, and then I have to let it go. It doesn't mean I forgive our human nature, our anthropology. We're not supposed to forget things like touching the stove or uh, how to drive a car or whatever that might be. But it's to say that I accept that it happened. And in in this reading, he he outlines how he's making as what Alred would call excuses for them, but not as we understand excuses, but he's, he says, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Mm -hmm. And it's our Lord can see that 
even though it's causing him pain. And to love is an act of the will. To say that I do not wish ill will on you. I don't, what you've done is painful and it hurts, but I don't wish the same thing onto you. It, actually, I wish more, the better, the good for you. That's an action that God does. And that's what we're called to emulate. And that's what he's saying as we contemplate this, this prayer. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Can we and talk about right. that a little bit more, this sure. idea that Jesus is saying they do not know what they are doing? He goes on to say, they are great sinners, yes, but they have little judgment. Therefore, Father, forgive them. They are nailing me to a cross, but they do not know who it is that they are nailing to the cross. If they had known, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. Therefore, Father, forgive them. It goes on from there. And as I'm reading this, I'm thinking, Jesus making excuses for them. Like, how many mirrors? Jesus had just raised a guy from the dead the week mm -hmm. before his crucifixion. He had multiplied the loaves and fishes for them in, in John chapter 6, right? And they're like, give us a sign after that. I mean, it's just like, how could they have not known that he was God, right? And yet Jesus finds it in his heart. I mean, he is God. He is love. And so he finds these excuses to to ask the father to forgive them in spite of all of that i mean you summed it up beautifully because the the thing is it was an act of his will he it, he saw their behavior and underst understood them to a certain extent I, so often how often have we been in the office and somebody does something cruel to us or does or hurts us in some way and this is all that is we don't know what happened to them in their home that morning. Yeah. We don't understand what happened to the friend that ended up turning on us or some kind of behavior. It hurt us and we don't like it. And it seems obvious, but there's something that we don't know that led this person to embrace a sin, a sinful behavior, a behavior that led them to do this to us. So what you're doing, as you said earlier, it's about mercy. When you forgive and you're asking the Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. You're actually, he can rain down mercy in that. Not, Not only on them, but also on, on you. me. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. This is such a beautiful reading that we get from the Office of Readings for Friday of the first week of Lent from St. Aylred of Riveau. Pray for us, St. Amen. Man, Chris, you have such great taste in the Office of Readings. Good choice. Well, Good choice. You, I only mirror yours. <laughs> Stop it. Mirror it so I mirror yours, you. Anna. We, uh, we got com linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. All kinds of good stuff over there to check out. Chris, thank you. You're welcome. All right, that'll do it for this national edition of the Sunrise Morning Show. We'll talk to you again tomorrow, EWTN. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace.